Let's talk books. Catherine Ross reads books for young people, so we don't have to. Tells us about, <laughs> all about the good ones. She's library manager at Mount Ross School Grammar School. Hi, Catherine. Hi there. And, I like uh, that. That's my job description. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Books, so you don't have to. <laughs> and um, technically, you're always giving us librarian picks, but this is this is a nice one, right? If someone comes to you and says, "Look, help me out, Catherine. What should I read, or what should I give my child to read?" Um, tell me about this week's list. Yeah, so this is me being a bit lazy, I think, really. I couldn't sort of, I hadn't read a whole lot of books on one theme that I wanted to talk about, so every now and then I pull out the old library. Not at all, not at all. That makes a lot of sense to me. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so the first one, um, they're, all, they're all connected by being quite heavy subjects, um, but very well written um, and, and will get children thinking and talking. Um, so this first one is absolutely no different. Uh, it's called A Game of Fox and Squirrels. And you definitely, the, the writing style and the, the reading age would be 10 to 11, but it is definitely not what I would call an easy read. Okay. Um, because at its core, it is about domestic abuse um, and the effects on children who live under that constant threat and trauma mm-hmm. and how it manifests itself in, they, in their behavior mm-hmm. and their expectations of life, I guess. Um, but it is all done through metaphor and allegory, so children won't necessarily understand what's going on, although they will understand that the two sisters in the story um, have been hurt by the adults that are supposed to look after them. Gosh, um, that is so pretty heavy for that age, isn't it? It, it, is, it is pretty heavy. Um, and, but I although I've learned now that kids do gravitate towards those heavy themes. <laughs> and I hope that they would put themselves in that situation and think, what would I do? Mm. How would I react? Maybe talk to a trusted adult, maybe bring up some issues. Um, you know, that's the most important thing about books is that they start conversations. Um, and this one, you know, probably will do. Um, so it's about uh, Sam and Caitlin. Now, they are sent to live with their aunt in rural America um, after um, uh, child abuse has been revealed. Um, and Caitlin settles in immediately. She recognises that this is a peaceful space. These are dependable adults. But Sam struggles to settle in. She's the younger of the two. Um, and so her aunt gives her an old game from her childhood. Um, and she quickly discovers that the fox and the squirrels in the game, which is from the title, actually have real-life counterparts that come and talk to her and play with her. Huh. But they very quickly start a pattern of sort of manipulation and domination of her life. And it's obviously a familiar pattern from her past. Um, and she needs to find the courage to recognize the pattern and resist it. So very complex book um, on the on a purely surface level, it's quite an interesting book about you know this game and and magical elements. Um, but there's obviously a lot going on underneath the surface. Thank you. That's game of fox and squirrels for slightly older kids, eleven to twelve. Yeah. So this one, Revolver, I picked it because I've recently read it because I'm always on the lookout for good books for boys because that's always a little bit harder. Um, and this one I got into our library, and it was. I mean, I was lucky because I do love a bit of Scandi noir. <laughs> And this is yeah. sort of middle grade Scandi Noir. Uh-huh. Um, but it's written by Marcus Cedric, who's a, who's a good author. I've talked about his books before. Um, it's set in the landscape above the Arctic Circle, so sort of mining for gold in around 1910. So it's quite an interesting era. Mm. Um, and it starts with 12 year old Sig, who discovers his father's body in the middle of a frozen lake. And he's died of hypothermia on his way home. And Sig is having retrieved 
his father's body and sitting with it while help comes. He's trying to work out why his father would have taken such a risk. He's been a veteran of this life, you know, for most of his life. Yeah. He knows that there was risk. Uh, and then while he's sitting with his father, this the stranger shows up and starts talking about his father and taking what's owed to him. And so Sig has to work out what the heck's going on and what kind of past his father had. So it's, it's, a, it's a good story. It's quite a good adventure, a bit of mystery. Um, and, yeah, I think it will engage boys. Um, and I just very, very atmospheric. The landscape um, and the way of life is almost another character in the story. Love that. Uh, by the way, just a side note, speaking of engaged boys, my seven-year-old, who's finished the Harry Potter um, series, just wow. re-reads, re-reads those books over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. All hyperside, right? All yeah. marketing, all everything. There is something about those Harry Potter books. I know. It's it's strange, isn't it? I've always... I mean, it's not strange. It, you know, she's an amazing writer, but there is something about them. I know lots and lots of kids who just never, ever read, and when those books came out, they were just hooked so I don't know whether she sprinkled a little bit of magic. Yeah, <laughs> it feels that way. It feels yeah, that way. Right. Yeah, funny. Yeah, my kids are the same. It's a safety blanket to go back to, mm-hmm. you know. Um, okay, so that was Revolver by Marcus Sedgwick. Uh, the Memory Thief by Leonie Agnew, and this is a New Zealand novel. Yes, so she's a New Zealand author, and it is set in New Zealand, but I will say it's not got a particularly Kiwi flavour. Okay. You probably wouldn't know. It's really the first couple of pages I think you find out is set down in the South Island. So this is actually the story of Seth, who is a troll. Um, And so in sort of that sort of Scandinavian um, mythological tradition, when the sun is up, a troll is a statue. Um, But when the sun goes down, they come to life. So Seth is living in this park. He can't leave because it's surrounded by iron fencing and gates and um, iron burns trolls. Um, And he also doesn't eat normal food. He is sustained by eating human memory. So he's finding (sighs) human memory. Looks into their Ooh, mind, I like that. the memory out, and it's just you know that memory's gone from Gosh, the Gosh, yeah. Um, so it's a little bit dark if you think about it, but it's it's done in a very like this is just how he is and what he does. Um, and but Seth meets Stella, who happens to be live live on the edge of the park, and she's wandering around at night when he happens to be uh, has come to life. And so they they become friends, and then when Stella learns his secret, she begs him to take away her bad memories. And but the more he takes away, the more he changes, and the more she changes. So sounds like a, a great premise. Oh, absolutely! It's a really inventive, unique story. It's all about you know the bad memories and the bad aspects, you know, making part of who you are and being strong. And but there's also this little interesting sort of story trickling in the background about her father. Sorry, her grandfather, who she lives with, who has dementia, but who was also a ranger in the park mm. and spends a lot of time at night in the park. Gosh, so, yeah, that's just a little interesting, possibly for you know the adults to, to to connect with more. But yeah, very very well written, engaging story. Love it. Okay, moving older still, we're talking to Catherine Ross uh, with books for younger people. Boy in the Tower, maybe for sort of the twelve thirteen age group. Yeah, again, another really good one for boys as well. It's a real adventure. There's a little bit of science fiction in it, but not too much. Um, so this, there is also quite a complex storyline um, in the fact that his mum, the, the boy in the story, Aid, who's a young teenager, they live in a London tower block, um, but his mother is unable to leave the flat. In fact, she very rarely leaves her bed because of um, depression, because of something that happened to her. So 
we know something happened. It's not explicit. It's not explicitly explained. But as adults, we can connect the dots. Yeah. Um, as children, we just know that she's obviously unwell and that she doesn't can't look after him anymore. Yeah. Um, but the buildings of London start to fall down, literally just collapse, these big tower blocks, um, for no apparent reason, nobody knows why. And then people that are out on the streets, obviously trying to clear the, clear the devastation, walking past, are starting to drop dead. So obviously something's going on. Panic hits the country, people are fleeing, but Aid can't leave because his mother won't leave the house. So he's more or less left on his own in this eerily deserted London, mm-hmm. wondering when his tower is going to fall. So there's, there's a, it's far more complex than what's going on in London. Um, it's a story about looking after your friends, about coming together as a community. He finds obviously others that have had to stay behind. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting. Just I just thought it was very unique. It was a very clever story, good adventure. Um, and, you know, he's turned into the hero at the end, which is always um, exciting. But yeah, I found it very, very engaging and different. Gosh, you have some fantastic recommendations today, and I note that it is school holidays, so I hope there are some young people listening. I've just sent them to my daughter, who's uh, always keen for a new read. Uh, what's next, Catherine? Okay, so a little bit older, um, probably 13 plus. Uh, there's quite a few sort of quite difficult concepts in this one. It's called The Power, and it is actually, it's not a newish book, but it is there is a series that's just come out on Amazon Prime, so mm. kids might might know it from that. Um, so it's it's an engaging story. I I will say that it took me a while to get into the story. It's a little bit clunky. It doesn't flow too nicely, but it's worth sticking with because it's presented in a very interesting way. So it's set in a world where teenage girls around the world are starting to manifest powers, lots of different powers, making them very dangerous and powerful. And so the dynamic of the world is changing, basically, and the world is struggling to work out how to deal with this new powerful situation. Um, the story follows several different characters from all over the world um, and how their situations change and evolve as they change and evolve. Uh, it's got a nice dystopian flavour, obviously, um, and it shows kind of all of that, um, you know, um, lessons that we get on how quickly things deteriorate, how quickly humans kind of go to their base nature um, and how absolute power corrupts absolutely and all that stuff. Um, but what I found most engaging was that the story is presented um, as a sort of history textbook. So fake transcripts at the beginning and the end of the book suggest the story um, is, is being told hundreds of year, from hundreds of years in the yeah. future. And this is sort of when women first woke up to the world. And it's just fantastic because some of the comments from the female editor to the male writer give a really good image of how the world, how this world now set, is set up um, in the future. So I just thought that was, it was a really clever, interesting twist. Possibly of interest to adults as well, that one, or, or, or quite clearly for yeah, younger I mean, readers? definitely about young adults. Most of the people yeah. in the book, apart from one, are, are teenagers. But certainly an interesting concept. Um, and I, I haven't, I've only watched a couple of episodes of the series, but um, I, I think that the book is, yep, could be worth a read for adults. Thank you. One more for you today, Catherine, for uh, older yeah. children. Yeah, definitely. So older, young adults and adults. Um, I, was, I, I didn't mean to read this. I just, it came across my desk. I thought that sounds interesting. It's called The Eternal Return of Clara Hart. Uh, and it is basically a book about sort of toxic masculinity and a sort of tale that is much needed in today's kind of lad culture of, you know, secret filming and things on the internet and roofies and all that sort of thing. 
So it's about a uh, teenager called Spence, and he lives in a boring small town in England, plays rugby, hangs out with his mates. But the rugby team have a bit of a reputation for harassing the young women in town, taking and sharing photos without consent. They're endlessly kind of sharing and scoring their experiences and stuff in their group chat. Um, and so one day, uh, the sort of leader of the group, Anthony, holds one of his famous parent-free parties. And Spencer's classmate, Clara Hart, runs out of Anthony's bedroom, visibly upset, disorientated, and into the road where she's hit and killed um, hit by a car and killed but then Spence wakes up the next morning he finds the day has started all over again so he has a chance to change things so at mm. first when I realised what was happening I thought oh this is just a Groundhog Day knockoff. Um, you know it's got a predictable pedestrian ending but there's so much more to it than that so as readers, we're meant to assume that along with our protagonist, in the same way that our protagonist is, that stopping the death of the girl will immediately you know, change the day and allow yeah. people to move forward. But actually, it's all about the bad guy and changing, you know, stopping him in the end. Um, and it's all about being brave and standing up to your friends and realizing how awful the situation is. Um, and there's a lot of sort of additions to Spencer's story, background stuff and, and red herrings and things, um, which doesn't necessarily work as red herrings, but it does give the characters more depth um, and more interest. And yeah, it's, it's so much more than a Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day knockoff. Um, so I was really quite, by the, by the time I'd read the book, there was all sorts of emotions going through me, but I do think it's an important one for young men and young women to read. Thank you. That's the eternal return of Clara Hart. And Catherine will put this list up on our website. Great to talk Thank to you, you today. Thanks so much. No problem at all. Thanks, Jesse. Catherine Ross with Librarian Picks today in our book Critics Slot.